We're talking golf this hour here on the Big 550 KTRS, the big sports show. Brendan Weesey with you, and it's a pleasure to welcome back to the program as uh, he helps put together all of the particulars of the St. Louis Golf Expo coming to the St. Charles Convention Center February 2nd through the 4th. Dick Stevens is kind enough to join us again here on the program, and and Dick, we're rapidly approaching the St. Louis Golf Expo. I know you're thrilled about it. We're thrilled to have you. How are you? I'm doing great. It's always a pleasure to be on your guys' show, and I always feel like the show officially gets kicked off when we do the interview with you guys, so thank you so much. We, we love working with you guys, and St. Louis is is ready for the uh, the golf show expo bomb to go off next weekend. We can't wait. Yeah, and it sounds like, Dick, is, as we talked here just uh, briefly off the air, this has the makings of maybe the biggest show you've done in terms of in terms of space in the convention center for uh, you know a, a number of different dealers and and companies that that come through. You're completely you're completely filled, right? Every every possible space has been sold out. It is as we look at it from the exhibit standpoint, and the sponsor and interactivity standpoint. The show is a complete sellout. Obviously, we're still selling tickets, so it's not sold out to the consumer to purchase a ticket, but the event is literally busting at the seams, and uh, I'm at the International PGA Show in Orlando as we speak. Uh, golf is just in such a great shape as a sport, as an industry, as um, a new sport for new participants, which is really the, the effect of what the, uh, the COVID-19 virus had on the sport of golf. It's really exploded the sport on a participant level, and, and we're still enjoying that with St. Louis Golf Expo. We had our show in Indianapolis last week, and if that's in any indication where we're headed for St. Louis, we just we can't wait. It'll be our 10th year in St. Louis. Yeah, I'm looking at the, the folks that are going to be coming through, uh, dozens upon dozens of, uh, of folks that are going to have exhibits set up there at the St. Charles Convention Center. So as you kind of get a feel for... 2024 right now dick what are what are the average golfers what are they most looking for and what do you think you can match them up with as they come through uh the saint charles convention center next weekend what's really cool about the show in st louis and i I really mean what i'm about to tell you it's a real reflection of a consumer golfer and we do have all the major manufacturers there with uh, our Pro-Am Golf USA testing and fitting zone. So you're going to see all the, big, all the big brands coming in. So these are products that I'm seeing for the very first time ever today at the PGA Show. So St. Louis is one of the first consumer expos in the world that will see brand-new equipment. And that's the stuff you'll see from Mizuno and Cleveland and Srixon and Callaway and, and those big brands. Um, we also have... PXG is returning, and they're bringing their, their giant inflatable um, indoor swing simulation studio where they fit clubs right there, and you go home with them. Um, and then our partners with SSM Health have done such a good job with the wellness program with golfers. Um, golfers are really seeing their bodies now as the 15th club in the bag. And with, with, just with amazing opportunities with physical therapy, and if there are some things that you have to kind of focus on with a hip or knee or a joint, or even just good stretching techniques, you know, when I was a boy, guys like Lee Trevino and Craig Stadler were my idols, and now it's the guys that are like Max Homa and uh, and, and Brittany Lang and folks like that. So it's, it's a changing of the guard. And the equipment that's going to be for sale, both brand new and then stuff that's from last year, we have something for everybody there. 
We're visiting with Dick Stevens as uh, he helps put on the St. Louis Golf Expo next weekend at the St. Charles Convention Center, February 2nd through the 4th. We'll tell you how to get tickets here shortly. I, I think you said it, Dick. It, it feels like, uh, obviously, the, the young generation, they're getting into the game early. I'm sure we can encourage uh, families uh, from mom and dad to uh, to brother and sister to the young kids wanting to come to this event next weekend because I, I think you've got plenty of opportunities for the youngster that's just getting into the game right now. No doubt. I mean, let's face it, that's the future of any sport, especially golf. And I think the future of the nine-hole game has as much promise, as, if maybe not even even more, than the 18-hole game. Um, you know, folks of this generation, they, they have two or three hours to give versus five, six hours. So I think as we're looking at the game, we're looking at golf courses and experiences that are, are, are meeting the need of that younger golfer, still that tried and true diehard. We've got plenty for them, but we're really trying to reach out. So when we have these indoor simulation companies that are sponsoring the show, like Next Level Golf and things of that nature, um, amazing, not for the little kids, but for the slightly older, older kids, um, we have a lot of really great sampling. We've got uh, Tangeray is going to be there with Captain Morgan and with uh, our, our good friends at uh, Crown Royal and Nicoloba Ultra and Neutral. So we have all these tasting experiences for people to really enjoy themselves at the show. So when they're walking around, you know, they're having a good time, they're having a smile on their face. And for the young ones, all kids that are 12 are free. They get a special passport when they walk in. They walk around the floor, they get the passport card stamped. They take it to the first tee, and they learn more about how to get involved in the game. If they haven't, if they haven't taken a step. We want to play a part in bringing the new kids into the sports and uh, and say, hey, you know, I went to the St. Louis Golf Expo and I got introduced to the sport of golf. That's that's what we want to be. Dick, you mentioned being out of the PGA Tour down there, uh, PGA Show down there in Florida, uh, and and by all accounts, that that generally that comes first, and then the St. Louis Golf Expo follows shortly thereafter. In in years gone by, what what has the what have you seen down there right now that you think will be a precursor that people will be talking about at the St. Louis Golf Expo uh, coming up here next weekend? I just I've been continually focusing on new club fitting. That is just that is the new normal. It's not um, space age. It's not something that has to be only for the the wealthy or the uber rich. It's it's whether you might be looking at just buying a wedge or just a putter or a driver. You just want to put a minor modification into your bag, but to be fitted for this equipment, make sure it fits your hand. Make sure the the flex, the flex of the shaft is appropriate, but not just the flex, but where it flexes, the size of the head, the color of everything, the sound of these these golf clubs. It's a buyer's market. And then for folks that are on a tight budget, we do have stuff from last year's models and some used equipment, too. So anybody can jump into the sport. Our show is accepting. We want this to be a public golfer show. We love the country clubs in St. Louis. I hope they all come. But this is, this is on the back of the 80% of the folks that move the sport. And if anybody is anybody who's interested in just good value, go to the homepage, stlgolfexpo.com. We have... Nine front door offers that you get when you walk through the front door. Some of them are golf ball sleeves from Wilson. There's a ticket to the Ascension Charity Classic PGA Tournament in St. Louis. Um, tons of great offers, four for ones, four for threes, range buckets, uh, free samplings. And then if you buy our player's tour pass, it's $600 of the value for 69 bucks. We only have 250 of those. 
Just go right to the homepage, stlgolfexpo.com. You can buy our tickets right on the website. And please join us. It's going to be so much fun down there. We're, we're hoping to get to 10,000 attendees this year. It's it's coming up next weekend, February 2nd through the 4th. You mentioned stlgolfexpo.com to be able to uh, you know, purchase those passes right now. And an incredible amount of bonuses there, Dick, Uh uh, for folks, whether it's uh, you know buying four for three or two for one or a certain uh, amount of money off uh, uh, you know greens fees or uh, you, you've got a round of golf down at Old Kinderhook at Lake of the Ozarks. I mean these are these are loaded deals. Yeah, if you buy your ticket online, we send you an offer to play golf at, at, at Old Kinderhook if that's something that people are interested in, and and then just the technology on the floor as well um, and, and the interactivity. This is the eighth year that the Dave Sinclair Automotive Group is sponsoring the St. Louis Putting Championship, which goes on for three days. It's a 40-foot putting green. If they make the putt, we give them a round of golf. They come back and try to win the whole thing. Uh, DraftKings at Casino Queen is sponsoring beautiful hardwall installation, indoor simulation studio built by Midwest Golf. All of the hit, all the clubs you're going to hit in there from PXG. We're giving away trips. We're giving away vacations. And then the Pro-Am Golf Super Sale is, I mean, it's a three and a half thousand square foot store inside the show with everything and anything you could get. And if there's something that you don't, they don't see, they'll order it for you. They'll ship it right to your house. I get a sense, Dick, the timing for this event every year is always so perfect because in St. Louis, we're getting around that time. We're we're not going to be free and clear of winter completely to hopefully, <laughs> hopefully April, but. Um, you never really know, but we're getting to that time where, at the very least, we're going to have a lot of random, nice weather days where the golfing public is going to be antsy to get out and play. And this uh, this event is always the perfect springboard to get you ready and make you feel like you're prepared to go out there and start your new season of golf. No doubt. I mean, we do all these golf expos, six of them across the country. It's always in the beginning of the winter. When the weather's inclement, that's good for the golf shows because they're not out playing golf. And, and they are getting excited. They are being pent up. And, and we just want to play a, a, a part in those guys' success. And we, we want to see families come out. Um, this is a great opportunity for people just to, to enjoy themselves. There's no pressure. There's no rush. They can enjoy the entire show um, and, and really take advantage of a lot of the seminars. We've been a lot of a great teaching this year on the ESPN main stage as well as the next level zone. Um, we've got a couple of other teaching facilities, and Bushnell is going to be doing launch monitor stuff in there, and MGI is doing power cart demos throughout the show, and just a total hoot. And it's just a great town. Everybody there is so sports-focused. They love their sports, and St. Louis has got a very, very long, rich amateur golf history, and I love that about that about the market. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a public golfer's market. And um, we can't wait to see everybody out there, men, women, child, St. Louis Golf Expo, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If you line up early, you're going to get all the best stuff. So we'll hope to see everybody out there. I'll, I'll, I'll wind it down with this, Dick. You mentioned, you know, there's six other, you know, there's six shows that uh, that you do here during the winter season. What what makes the St. Louis golf market so special that, that we are one of those few that uh, – that get this show coming through their town? I think that people in St. Louis have uh, a real interest 
in, in knowledge of the sport. I'm just shocked every year how much they read up about the golf courses, and they follow these really interesting, great blogs that are St. Louis-specific. They know about the golf technology. And the other thing I would say this about St. Louis, and I, I mean, no, no disrespect to our show in Kansas City or our shows in Seattle or wherever we might go, it's very local feeling there. The golf market pulls for the golf market. I, don't, I, I see other towns, I'll see a, a, two competing golf courses at the show, and, you know, they're trying to maybe win over the, win over the golfer. Everybody pulls the same rope in St. Louis. And I think it's because, you know, when, when, a, when a tournament comes or the Ryder Cup or now there's a Champions Tour event there, the, the PGA has come over there every now and then. They really want the sport to be a success. So the entire community is into it, whether it's the Metropolitan Golf Association or the Missouri Golf Association or the MAGA or the Amateur Golf Players Tour. These people are running sport of golf in, in, in St. Louis all year. We're there for three days. And to see them interact with thousands of people, and they know them on a first name, a first name basis, that is a level. That is when the amateur sport is its best when it feels that comfortable to people. Golf has to be welcoming, and it is that way in St. Louis. Dick Stevens with the St. Louis Golf Expo, February second through the fourth. STLGolfExpo.com to go online now and uh, buy your players tour pass and uh, get inside and get all of the great bonuses and values that come with your pass. Dick, thanks so much for joining us and getting us uh, fired up once again for the St. Louis Golf Expo, and uh, really appreciate your time. Well, you guys have always been there for us. Much appreciated, and uh, we'll see everybody down there the 2nd through the 4th at uh, St. Charles Convention Center. Awesome. Thank you, Dick, so much. Again, that's stlgolfexpo.com. We're talking more golf next. Skip Berkmeyer with me. A lot to discuss, including Nick Dunlap's win as an amateur at the Amex. We'll do it next on the Big 550. A lot happening in the golf world. Skip Berkmeyer with me here on the Big Sports Show on the Big 550. KTRS. Skip, how you doing? Great to be with you, Brendan. Uh, it's, uh, we're, we're in January and we're talking golf, so we must... Uh, Either it's a slow work week, if you will, for sports, or, or we're, we want to talk about a, a major tournament that happened, which, which I think last week it kind of did. We had a, we had a remarkable story in, in sports, really. Yeah, we're underway at Torrey Pines today. They started day early because of uh, avoiding the football traffic, if you will, Sunday. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But you said it, skipping what otherwise is the American Express, played out there in Palm Springs, California. Usually one of the silly events, big-time scorers, birdie fest all of that was true last weekend but a better field which skip i think made the story of amateur nick dunlap the sophomore from the university of alabama all the more incredible and the fact that he stared down his idol justin thomas a multiple time winner on the tour sam burns in the final group sunday and he comes out the winner one of the tremendous performances I think we've seen on the PGA Tour in a long, long time. And you take a look at all the nuance and circumstances that surrounded that made Nick Dunlap the first amateur winner on tour in more than 30 years since Phil did it. It's, uh, you know, there's two ways to look at this. There, there's a way of it's, it's an amateur it's an incredible accomplishment. It's something that has never been done before, and and all that is true. I don't want to take anything away from Nick Dunlop, but our Dunlop, I, I I would tell you this: his talent, though, and what he's been able to accomplish in amateur golf, and the fact that he 
is probably making a seven-figure NIL deal at, at Alabama. And he's, if you watch him play the game of golf, there, there's nothing amateurish about it. So, I, I mean, I, I, I think I've told you this on the radio before, and I, I've told others, and I've, I've talked with my fellow amateurs from around the country this week, and, you know, we've seen this coming, and I, I think there's more of it coming. Um, and so it's not, is it, is it shocking? No. Is it surprising? Yes. I, I, not surprising that he played well, but did he end up winning? Sure. Um, it's, it's an incredible accomplishment, something that hasn't happened before. But if you watch him swing the golf club, you watch him hit the ball, um, you know, on a, on a golf course that was basically uh, a dome golf, if there possibly was one perfect yeah. condition, yep. um, the experience, you know, really wasn't needed. The, the, the line between Justin Thomas, one of the best in the world, and, and Nick Dunlap is not that wide anymore. And honestly, with the, as far as he hits it and as solid as he plays, and, and he might be one of the best putters in the world after watching the U.S. Amateur last year. I mean, while it's surprising because he has an A by his name, just if you looked at him on the range, you would say that's not surprising at all. It's, it's quite a remarkable talent, and I, I think he's, a like many, Gordon Sargent and, and others, um, he's the future of golf, and uh, I think that's where uh, we ought to be looking at things and not to the past because he's uh, it's coming and it's coming quick. Have, have you been around Dunlap at all in any of these amateur circles, Skip? Well, in, in 2022, we play what is called the East-West Matches, which is the best mid-ams and seniors from each side. It's a Ryder Cup, so from east of the Mississippi and west of the Mississippi. And part of that tournament, we invite two um, of the best amateurs in the world, collegiate players that are that have certain characteristics, obviously highly ranked and, and, and well-accomplished, but also that are really well thought of amongst uh their peers and nick dunlap was on the east team uh there and so i got a chance to be up close at least to watch him to introduce myself to him to have a small conversation with him but i got to see how mature in the game itself you could see it then as as i as i i I say this i think and but it doesn't surprise me i think there are 50 guys playing in collegiate golf right now that could win on the PGA Tour today, that have the talent today. Not, not in two years, not in two months, I mean today. That's how good they are and how the line between collegiate golfer, elite collegiate golfer and PGA Tour player is as small as it's ever been. And so, um, and Nick Dunlop, it's, it's, it's really tiny, if not even, it's non-existent. And uh, being around him, watching him swing, the amazing thing that I saw, uh, Brendan, just to elaborate, was he hits it a mile, and he hits it a long way, but I was more impressed with, if you watch him swing, how tight it looks, how just online it is. I mean, it's a combination of, of, of Fred Funk, but, a, but an athletic Fred Funk that can absolutely hit it. And the other thing to know about him is up close, he, he doesn't look like a golfer. He looks like a safety <laughs> in football. He's got some size. I know on TV it doesn't look it, but uh, he's, got some, he's got some legs on him. He's strong and uh, uh, that's the modern age of what we're going in. He's an athlete. That's what golf's become. You, t- you talk about Skip that that line between amateur and and pro golfer is a- a- as thin as it's been. I feel like that gap really started to close 2019 with the arrivals of of Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, Matthew Wolf, sure. Justin Suh there at the time as well. 
I mean, both hot. I mean, Morikawa won almost instantly. Wolf won all, almost instantly. Hovland proved himself to be one of the elite players almost instantly. Took him a little while to win, but I feel like that was like the first signal to where these guys could step right out of the collegiate ranks and be, and, and again, not just be on tour, but we'd be one of the best players on tour. That was the first signal, but this has been happening for a while, right? Yeah, it has been, and I, I, I think you're correct. I think that's the first that we saw to many people, four or five players that just really stood out. I, I can even go back to when it really hit me and when I started talking about it amongst my, my peers, if you will, it was in 2011. I, I played the U.S. Amateur in 2011 at Aaron Hills. And, and I, the year before, I played really well. I, I, in 2010, I got to the round of 16, around a, uh, 16 um, and I, I played really well in the U.S. Amateur Chambers Bay. And we got to Aaron Hills, and I was completely blown away by how hard the golf course was, how long it was. And, and, and there was Patrick Cantley was there, and... and all these guys, it just—it was different. The golf course was different. I played with Kevin Doherty, who's out on the PGA Tour now, and he hit—he hit a 650-yard par five and two. And I go, hold it, this is different. <laughs> so Patrick Cantley then was a runner-up that year, and then all—oh, oh, by the way, the next year I believe as a sponsor's exemption, he shoots like 60 at Hartford. Um, so it's been coming, but I think the thing is, it's always been there. But I think it's, there's more of them now. And as I, as I said, I. I, I I am guessing at a number, but I think 40 to 50 is a fair assessment of how good they are. And then the more is coming. I mean, the Jones Cup was two weeks ago in amateur golf, which is a lead event in Sea Island, and they invite the best of the best. Gordon Sargent was there. Caleb Surratt was there. Tons were there. And, oh, by the way, two 16-year-olds were leading the golf tournament. They didn't win the golf tournament, but were leading it at some point in the golf tournament. So it's it's uh, the talent in golf and what's become of the game. It's getting younger and younger profiling. It's, it's fantastic, and it's, it's remarkable. Is this still, Skip, the Tiger effect? Because here's Nick Dunlap. He's born 2003-ish. I don't exactly. I mean, he's 20 now. So, I mean, he's got to be barely old enough to remember when Tiger won his last major in 08, obviously would win in 2019. But are we still talking about kids that are inspired by Tiger Woods? Yes, I, I, I absolutely think so. I think Tiger was the first one to make golf cool, uh, make golf okay to play. I mean, when I when I played golf in high school in the in the, in the early 90s and, and into college in the 90s, it was still uh, a secondary third sport. A lot of guys. You know, you look. The guys look more like Tom Kite. And no offense <laughs> to Tom Kite. You know, they didn't look like real what I would call athletes. You know, uh, you know, Craig Stadler was still playing. You know what I'm saying? Yep, and now, yep. now it's, it's a complete different deal. Tiger changed that image of the golfer. So I think forever it's been changed because of Tiger, because of the image that he was able to create and the talent. So I, I think once again, I think you can look at any sport. Brendan, whether it's baseball, football, and the, and the individuality where people are going to the one sport earlier and they're training for the one sport. And we have so much more information and, and we have so much more data and information to help a golfer now. Where it's not in the 90s when I was there, you go to a pro or you go to a coach and they're kind of guessing of what's right. They're not really knowing. They, they're, now there's measurables. We know how to create club head speed. We know 
ground reaction force is what's due. And they, they, there's people that teach it. We train for it. Um, you know, it's, it's an incredible invention. And, and then you have the phone, which is you're so able to get in touch and be in, in with not only your golf swing, the uh, track man, and, and all these things, but your, your instructor. And, and, and these people are really, really good at what they do. And they individualize, tailor things for you, the golfer, and what makes it tick for you. And so there's just so many things that happen, but it all correct, I believe, started and still will always be traced back to Tiger Woods and making golf cool. Skip Brookmeyer with me. We're talking about Nick Dunlap's incredible accomplishment to win as an amateur on the PGA Tour this past weekend at the Amex in Palm Springs, California. Skip, as you mentioned, maybe more guys than ever that are playing collegiate golf, capable of coming on tour and, and competing, but it's an, it's a completely different animal to do what Nick Dunlap did which was be the leader Sunday. I mean, I, I think right now it's the more I watch, the more I feel like it's the most difficult thing to do is have the lead on Sunday and maintain it. Uh, it, it. It's almost easier to come from behind because there's less pressure, a ton of pressure on Nick Dunlap. Sunday morning waking up with the lead, he'd give the lead back, Sam Burns would take control, and ultimately it would be Burns that would flame out with uh, back-to-back doubles, he hit it in the water on the par 3, 17th, which would open the door for Dunlip. But the mental fortitude that it takes to win a golf tournament, Skip, he could have all the physical tools in the world and 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 basically stand toe-to-toe with Tiger Woods and, in terms of his skill set. But if you don't have that mental fortitude, a lot of these guys don't have that right away. To win it at 20 on tour and show that mental strength Golly, that is – I mean, Tommy Fleetwood's never won in the States before, Skip, but just one name of, a, of an incredible player. Some of these guys never get it done. He, he does it, and it, it, it's, uh, he's 20. It's a, it, as I said, it's a, it's a remarkable accomplishment. But I, I think the thing that impressed me the most – I mean, he had the lead. You know, you're playing a pro-am format, so he's only playing with the same guy for three days. You're kind of in your own bubble. So he starts, and he plays, and then he hits – you know, the, from the, sh- the second he hit the shot, which was almost a shank, in the middle of the water on seven and makes double. From that moment on, to right the ship, I think was the most impressive thing. I, 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 I think, I, certainly starting with the lead, I'm sure he was nervous, but to actually lose it, kind of hit a horrible shot, make a double, and then right the ship, lose the lead, right it, and then hit the shots on the back nine, took advantage, played it like a professional. It was like a professionally back nine. It wasn't that he played perfect or he played great or hit one sensational shot after another. It was just he plotted his way along, kept it away from danger, gave himself chances, took advantage of things. I, I just was really impressed of you know to, to go through that and to have that. You, you're going through this three and a half days of almost things going perfectly for you. Everything's going well, and then holy crap, you hit one awful golf shot. So bad that it's in like the middle, an iron in the middle of the lake on seven. It's, it's a horrible shot. And then to have the fortitude and mental fortitude to forget it and move forward and then come back after losing, I think is the most impressive thing that I've seen from anyone that young since Tiger Woods because it's quite remarkable to do that. So what does he do here, Skip? He's got his tour card 
if and when he wants it, I believe, and you can walk us through it probably better than I can, but I think he's got the option to, to accept the card through the end of the PGA Tour season. He's got his collegiate season coming up, and I think he feels a lot of loyalty to those guys and playing his college season at Alabama. He's got an exemption at the Masters regardless, whether he's an amateur or a pro. He'll be playing Augusta National. But how do you think he's going to play this out, weighing options that include NIL money in college, but then playing all of the big signature events on the PGA Tour that start as early as next week at Pebble Beach? Yeah, I, I, I think... Um... I don't totally know. I think it's, but he's making, I mean, he's making close, if not a million dollars in NIL Meta right now. I mean, he's a U.S. Right. amateur champion. He's doing just fine. I mean, he's wearing Adidas. He's playing tailor-made stuff. It's pretty obvious where that money's coming from, um, and there's probably more that's going to be coming his way when he wants to. I, I think it's basically, I'm sure there's an agent already in place. If there wasn't one already, there is now, uh, and they are helping him figure out what the best decision for he and his family is. Some people might stay amateur. They might stay and play their collegiate season. He could do that. He could still play the Masters. Um, it would probably run through the end of May, uh, which he'll miss the PGA Championship, but then he could turn pro immediately following a season, play the U.S. Open, play the Memorial, and, and, and go through the rest of it, play a ton of signature events, and do it that way. Um, or he could just go now. Um, I don't know what, you know, as a 20-year-old, where do you go? It's, it's a little, you know, I mean, he can't even run a car now. It's, it's just amazing <laughs> how young he is and, and what, what do you do as a parent? How do you feel comfortable doing things? It's just there's a lot of, there's a lot of more things to it in life and in decisions than just say, oh, I take the money and you got to go. I mean, there's there's live involved. I'm sure they're going to offer him a boatload of money. Uh, I think they already have, and I think they'll offer even more. Um, so what do you do that's best for your family and your life, and how is it going to go forward? I think he's going to play it out, and I, I would say I would, I'd be surprised if he turns pro tomorrow. Uh, I think it'd be more in the middle of the spring or, or after the collegiate season. You told me off the air you, th- you think he's already turned down money from live, and, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe more offers are coming, but – Kind of goes back to, well, I think what we've both been, been saying for a while. The PGA Tour is where they're creating the stars, and as a lot of these big names leave for live, you're you're reminded how quickly the tour is capable of creating a brand new star out of thin air. Now, obviously, it's not the tour. I mean, Nick Dunlop's doing this on his own, but he the tour is giving him the platform to be out there front and center and be a name that, I'll be honest, Skip, I heard one person mention Nick Dunlap last week before the tournament, sort of in passing, hey, you know, the defending U.S. Amateur is going to be here, kind of interesting on a sponsor's exemption. I didn't hear I didn't hear his name mentioned again until we actually got to the tournament itself. But it, it shows you again that the PGA Tour, it's, it's going to, it's going to be that stage, and we'll probably have more guys throughout the course of the next uh, six to eight months. We always do that we're not thinking about right now that suddenly make a name from them for themselves on the tour. Dunlap's going to be a big one, but it's why I'm a a, a lot less um, a lot less on board with with just 
you know, throwing everything at, at trying to find uh, an agreement with with the PIF because I know, okay, the John Rams of the world leave, but the Nick Dunlaps of the world are right around the corner. Sure, more are coming, but but what I find the interesting thing in, in, in this whole deal is is that this is what the PGA Tour I, we said from the very beginning. And I think now Liv has moved to, they're more interested in the future of golf instead of the past. So the Poulters that go, the Westwood, the Stenson, who, ca- who cares? Right. Timer, let them, let them go. Let them Bubba Watson, let them go. Get your money, fine, go. It's, it's what's going to happen with this generation that's coming up, and there's a ton of options for them. I think Caleb Surratt, who I played with in that same tournament I talked about earlier, another fantastic young man. I don't think he's in a financial situation that's the same as... As uh, as Nick, so I, I think he's going to actually take a deal with Liv. He's going to probably play on John Ron's team, and he's probably if I mean if, if Nick Dunlop's one, and and maybe Gordon Sargent's two. I mean Caleb's probably three. Um, so I, I I mean they're, they're, these are they're, the talent is beyond approach down there, and so I'm just curious of what these guys are doing because they're having to make life decisions. And these are good decisions. These are these are these are nice things to have uh, decisions um, to to play for a ton of money or, or to get a lot of money. Uh, these guys are going to have that, and and they and they but they're also coming out of college with some of that. So I, I'm I'm curious to watch. I mean, it, it's and I but I do think while it's not a huge story and we don't really want to focus on it, and I, I get your point. Still, I think a deal or a figure out something where everyone can coexist. And these stars can be made on the PGA Tour, and we can still have these tournaments and still be good. Live can still have their thing, and and we can have the, the game be more unified. Because how good is the, would the tour be right now today if you add ten or twelve or thirteen of those names to tournaments that are on Live with the new people that are coming into the game? It would be fantastic, and that's that's the that's the product you want, and I think. That's what the PIF and potentially the unified golf can bring, and that would really bring some eyeballs to our sport on a regular basis. And you're right; that's the direction they're going, obviously. And uh, I mean, just looking back to how this all started, and we don't need to to rehash it again. Yeah. But um, had had the PGA Tour just said, hey, "We're we're going about our business. This is how we're going to do it. You want the money, go to live." Um, I, I just wonder how that all would have gone because they clearly make the magic. And I tell you, if you live. I think your better bet is to let these guys become stars on the PGA Tour and then take them because one example is this, I believe, is, is it David Puig who was the yep. the top Spanish amateur? He ends up going straight to live. The dude's a zero. I mean, nobody's ever heard of him because he didn't get a taste on the PGA Tour to make his star. Now what happens when when his time runs out on live uh, I mean that it, that that's a problem and I, well it's it, just different it's, it's just a different way of looking at it he hasn't made he's made more money than probably a lot of the guys that would have made and he's not necessarily a name and he doesn't have maybe have legs and he may have to go a different way about it um but it, it's certainly different um i i would that'd be a good interview to have an honest interview to have with a guy do it again that that's that's how you would find out yeah. I, obviously lives not gonna let that happen but I, I mean, it just depends on your situation in life, what what your golf is and what you want to do. And I think Nick Dunlap, Dunlap for, for for lack of a better term, is looking at this long term, and he wants a legacy and to, yep. and to win majors in golf tournaments. And so, and he seemingly has, he's going to have plenty of money. It's just a matter of what you want to do. 
and uh, but different people have different situations, and I think it's going to come down to individual choice. But hopefully, at some point, it's not going to matter, and 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 we can we can have both can exist, and we can have PGA Tour players playing on PGA Tour and Live still playing on Live and. They can play back and forth, and it would be fantastic if that would happen because it would be better for golf. More with Skip coming up. Farmers Insurance open underway. We'll talk about that next on the Big 550. Skip Brookmeyer with me. Uh, we're talking golf here on a Wednesday night of the Big 550 KTRS. Usually on a Wednesday, Skip, we're looking ahead to the start of a tournament tomorrow. Not the case. Farmers Insurance Open, Torrey Pines, one of the premier tournaments of the year. You, it, it always used to feel like okay, now the PGA Tour season has started with this event. Uh, that usually meant because Tiger and Phil would make this their first event of the year. Skip doesn't quite have that feel anymore. Again, there are signature events now. This isn't one of them on the tour, but it's Torrey Pines. It's a historic course. It may not be the strongest field they've ever had, but it, it does sort of single signal, all right, golf is back now for real. I, I do I do think that. I, I, I think we I think last week, honestly, that, that there's many more people playing in that event. The field was better last week than this week, which is hard to believe that that's the case, but that, that is the case. Um, but yeah, there's some are using this week to start their American journey, um, our mainland journey, and, and some used last week, some are are figuring out the, the process with, the, you know, what are they going to play? I think Pebble will be a great field next week. will be yeah. a much better field than it's been in many, many years. Um, so I, it, we're going to see how this West Coast thing, I think San Diego kind of got the short end of the stick. But anyway, I think you will have some some uh, things to watch. I mean, Colin Marikawa, Max Homa, you've got, you've got top ends, Andrew Shoffley. A lot of these guys are Southern California guys. They like playing down there. Um, we, we're, we're familiar with the golf course. And I, I'm sure you'll continue to see names that you haven't been Aaron Eckrout. You're going to see names that you don't necessarily know, but are stars that potentially could be the next wave on the PGA Tour that are young, young players. And um, you know, you really don't look at the leaderboard, in my opinion, until after day two, because they play two distinctive golf courses right next to each other, and they're two totally different golf courses. One, the, the stroke average is probably around 69. The other one's going to be around 74, 75. It's more like a U.S. Open. They've had tons of rain out there, plays tremendously long. So to me, I don't know how it's going to – I haven't watched a ton of it today, but if you hit the ball a long way and or you play a really good round on the north course, that'll set you up for the weekend to give you a shot. And, uh, but I think you're going to have to move the golf ball off the tee because I'm telling you, it's a long long golf course right at sea level yeah long and, and extra long this week with the rain they've had they played preferred lies i think today skip and you said it two distinct courses the top 10 everyone in the top 10 this afternoon played the north course with one exception his name is nikolai hogard who actually I think was out earlier than some of the others. And it's split tees, it's two courses, so there aren't distinct AM and PM waves today. But Hogard I think was one of the first off this morning. He cards a 5-under on the south course, which to me is the most impressive round of the day, even though he's looking up at guys like Hideki, Shane Lowry, Patrick Cantley. Cantley shoots 7-under today. Hogard's round the most impressive 
and this is one of the guys with the you know the the guys coming over from the DP World Tour. He's going to play a lot more now on the PGA Tour this year, and that is a very interesting uh, round from him today. I'm not sure he's played Torrey Pines before, and if he has, it it makes what he did today all the more uh, 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 excellent round of golf. Amen. Uh, I, I totally agree, and it's amazing how we talk about last year the Ryder Cup. And we've talked about it before with the President's Cup or the Ryder Cup, the bump that a lot of these guys get early in their, you know, that they're, they're playing in their first one, they get a taste of it, and then they go the next year. I always feel that it, these guys, like a, I think Seth Straka, like well, this year, or, or Hogart, or whoever it might be that have played well in Europe or in other places, and they play on a bigger stage and they get used to it, they come to the, they're ready, they, they, they ascend higher. I mean, Aberg, for instance, was playing well and did, and then he ended up winning in the fall. I just feel like that that bump that happens from the confidence from being in that stage and performing always, always brings good play. And I, it's not a surprise that he's up on the leaderboard and was up on the leaderboard last week in Dubai, where many would probably had a had a really good field, and he was he had he was in the conversation to win the golf tournament on Sunday before Rory won. So, I, I, as I said, I, I think. We don't know really what's going to happen till after day two, but he certainly put himself in the catbird seat after having a really good round on the south course because that's not an easy thing to do. Skip Berkmeyer talking golf with us here on the Big 550 KTRS. Skip, it's always a pleasure, man. We'll uh, we'll be doing this now hopefully a little more often as we get into uh, some bigger tournaments and seemingly news in the world of golf never stops day to day. There's always something cooking. <laughs> And um, I, I so appreciate uh, your time and uh, look forward to this uh, 2024 season that's upon us. It's coming. We'll be in. It's, uh, I always like the West Coast because it's, it's every day, every week you count it down, and it's that much closer to spring here in St. Louis. Just keep counting yeah. it down. It'll be before we know it. Skip, thank you, sir. All right, my friend. See you. Skip, thank you. That's the program for tonight. See you back here tomorrow night, starting with the Killcoin Conversation at 6. Ben Fred with me at 7 for some winners and losers. Benji Molina in studio tomorrow night. We'll talk to Luke Korak about the Blues as well. Busy night on the way. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday on the Big 550.